can get into a works mentality, meaning um, they can get stressed out or overwhelmed having to bring it, you know, having to bring something. And the Lord just continues to, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but just because, um, the Lord continues to just say, you're just there to um, basically shine your light. You're just there to let them see Jesus, let them experience your relationship and stir up a hunger and thirst in them. Amen. And so that's what I'm going to do today. I'm just going to share with you my relationship with Jesus, and I believe that it, by, through it, he wants to have that same relationship with you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord, during, during Glory Culture this last week, during the 10 days of glory, every single day the Lord has given me something. It doesn't mean every day was easy, you know, like some days, you know, you wrestle in your flesh. It's typically from seven to nine, you know, we're, we're out of here pretty much by nine unless you want to visit and fellowship and stuff. But um, that's what you can kind of plan on. But um, some days is harder than others, to be honest. Some days you get uncomfortable. Some days your mind takes a while to settle down from the things of the daytime or whatever the case might be. But every single night, God is faithful. Amen. James 4, 8 says, draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. And every single night we have had some sort of breakthrough, some sort of vision, some sort of word, just regardless. He says that if we're hungry and thirsty, we're coming after him, he'll fill us. So we know that's happening. He's co we're coming, so that means he's coming and he's filling us up because we're hungry. Amen. Um, but one night I wrote down this phrase and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I sat on it for a while because I didn't know what it's for or when it's for. I know what it was for, but I didn't know when it was for, and I'll preach it whenever he wants me to. But it unfolded, like, majorly last night. So this happened, like, three days ago. Then last night I had a full-on encounter with Jesus, and he unfolded it. Um, and so that's what I'm sharing today. Amen? The Lord spoke to me. Well, first of all, the title of the message is called, Are You Ready? The Lord spoke to me um, this week, and very clearly, he said, tell my church I'm ready to receive my bride. If that doesn't get you a little nervous, tell my church, Jesus is saying, I'm ready to receive my bride. His coming, his return is very soon. It's very soon. Revelations 19.7, it says, let us be glad. Oh, you know what's really sad? I'm going to say it again. Tell my church I'm ready to receive my bride. You guys were dead silent. <laughs> That's why God wants me to preach this message. All right, all right. Revelations 19.7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and the bride has prepared herself. Hallelujah. The Lord says, Tell my church that I'm ready to receive my bride. You know, we're talking about the harvest just a little bit ago, but is the church even ready? Are you ready? Because God's ready to receive his bride. His return is very short. So last night, right off the bat, I mean, we open in prayer. Um, typically, we do communion and uh, just get right into God's presence. And 
but sometimes it takes a while to filter through the things of the day and just, you know, get into God's presence. But not last night for me anyways. It was a breakthrough night. And uh, I was sitting here. I always sit here just because that's what I do on my bed. I just sit up against the wall. And so whatever makes you comfortable, whatever way you receive from the Lord, we do that. You do that. And so I do that. <laughs> I sit against the wall with some pillows, blankets, whatever. And I just seek God and... As soon as I sat down after we had opened up, I went into a vision, a vision um, to where you're not really aware of what's around you. You're, you're in it. And I saw the backside. I was in heaven, and I was walking down an aisle, and I saw the backside of Jesus and myself, and we were holding hands, clasped. And Jesus was wearing a white robe, and a crown, a golden crown upon his head. And I saw us walking forward. And I mean, it's different when you're in a vision and you're in the spirit. I actually, it was me. And I knew it was me. And I, I, you know, felt it was me. But yet I'm getting to watch it, you know, from the outside too. So I saw us walking forward, holding hands. And I'm going to read it a little bit so I don't miss anything. He was wearing a white robe and a golden crowd, and I knew we were walking towards. I, I knew we were walking towards the throne room because, if you have been in heavenly places before, if the Lord has opened your eyes to see that as you seek God, you kind of know the way. <laughs> and so this was kind of just a path I knew. I was familiar with it. So we're walking, holding hands. But the Word of God says, "You have not, because you ask not." And I encourage you when you're in the presence of God and God's showing you something, giving you pictures, ask questions. He'll answer you. He'll reveal more to you. Amen? So I, walking with Jesus, and you think I would just be soaking up that experience, and I was, but I wanted to know more about why am I getting to, re, you know, see this, and what are we doing, and where are we going? So I asked Jesus, what are we doing? Where are we going? And he said, you are going to see the Father because he has an assignment for you to do. We reach the throne of God and I knelt down, I saw myself kneel down with my head down. As I did, Jesus presented me like this. So, I, so this is the throne, and I'm kneeling down. And as soon as we reached the throne, I saw Jesus go with both arms, stretched out, open hands, as if he was presenting me like, here she is. And actually, he did say that. As I did, Jesus presented me by pointing both hands open um, towards me, Jesus said, he was speaking to the Father, and Jesus said to the Father, she's ready. The fa this, is, this is the amazing part, because I've had encounters with Jesus, not that that's smaller or anything by any means, but I had never encountered anything with the Father. The Father got up off his throne, came down a few stairs to meet me, and took my hands in his hands and brought me to my feet. He began to sway, like as if like a father and daughter dance. He began to sway with me with my hands in his hands. And then he began to twirl. He took one hand and began to twirl me. And as he did, he said, are you ready to do what I've called you to do? To be all I created you to be and to go where I tell you to go? And being me... <laughs> I said, am I ready, Lord? <laughs> we always question ourselves, don't we? But when God says something, we need to believe it. He's, I said, am I ready, Lord? And then I said, Jesus said I am. 
The Lord replied, yes, you are ready. You are a pure bride. And then the vision, you know, I came right out of it. And uh, wow, it was so powerful. And I just, the Lord started giving me scriptures immediately after I came out of the vision. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. But that bride, which was me in the vision, is not just a symbol symbolizing me. It's symbolizing the church, the body of Christ, his bride. And Jesus and the Father wants a pure bride, one that's spotless, one that's without wrinkle, one that's without blemish, one that's ready for him and for his son's return. Am I ready, Lord, I asked. And he said, yes, you are ready. You're a pure bride. Second Corinthians 11 and 2, Paul said, for I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. So God's a jealous God. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband who is Christ so that I may present you as a pure virgin to him. How amazing. I didn't, you know, when you have these visions and you have a, a time with the Lord where he's revealing something, until you get into the scripture, you don't realize how much of just word it is. And that's our foundation, you know is that confirmation is the word. And, and what God was doing is presenting his pure bride. And that's what he wants. Jesus wants a pure bride, what husband wouldn't, amen? And guess what is so awesome? You might think like, well, I'm not, you know, I've messed up, I've tripped up, I've fallen back, I've gotten back into the world, whatever, whatever. But Jesus made a way. He loved us so much. The Father God loved us so much that he gave his son Jesus to shed his blood to wash over a multitude of sins so that he could make you pure and make you a bride spotless and blameless in his sight. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. Amen? He says, so that I might present you as a pure virgin bride. Jesus wants a pure bride. And he's the one who made it possible for us to be pure, for us to be holy as he is holy. Ephesians 5.27, um, he said, he did this to present himself a glorious church or bride, which is you, without spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. <sighs> Jesus did this. He's not going to do it again. He's not going to die on the cross again and go back to heaven again. He did it once and for all. But the thing is, is even believers sometimes were not taking advantage of the fact that he did this for us. The Bible does say his mercies are new every morning, but he also says confess your sin and he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you, make you pure again. Because I'm sure if I ask for a raise of hands, none of us are without fault or blame or tripping up from time to time or uh, distractions or whatever it might be. None of us without the blood of Jesus would be able to be presented holy and pure. But that's what he's looking for. But in order to take advantage of that, not in a negative way, but in order to apply that to our lives, we have to be in pursuit of God and we have to be willing to let him, you know, surrender our hearts and let him into every part and let him cleanse us with the washing of the word and his blood. His word brings correction and instruction to our lives. 
Because he loves us. Why? Because he wants a pure bride. That's the reason. Is because he wants to have a pure bride presented to himself. Listen to this. As I got to meditating on this, I kind of was giggling to myself. I asked my sister to find a different backdrop, but she couldn't really find one. Um, I just had this picture of this really messy, dirty bride. I mean, think about it. Um, yeah, it's not going to show up on the screen because I couldn't find anything. But a messy, dirty bride. Think about it's a young lady's wedding day. And she rolls out of bed. And she doesn't brush her teeth. If you know what morning breath smells like, that's not pretty. And she doesn't brush her hair. Sometimes I come downstairs to get my coffee. Clayton's been up since 4.30 a.m. I don't know why. That's, how, that's when he wakes up. But uh, I come down at like 8 a.m. And my hair's like wild. Sometimes I don't wash my face at night, so the makeup's all over the place. I did, I'm messy. And, but on our wedding day, I was perfect. <laughs> Most brides strive to be perfect for their wedding day. Think about it. What? <laughs> so I just started meditating on this and thinking about this. What if a bride, you know, most brides take the time to get ready. They plan for months for their wedding day in advance. And um, they don't roll out of bed and not brush their teeth and not brush their hair and uh, haven't taken a shower in a few days. Forgot their deodorant. <laughs> and then they go to put on their wedding dress and they forgot to, it's, it's a used one, and they forgot to get it dry cleaned and it's kind of got dragged out of the trunk. And so it's got some dirt on it, but she just kind of throws it on. <laughs> Sounds ridiculous, right? Like it's never happened before. I don't think it's ever happened before. No. What does a bride do? She preps and plans for months in advance to make sure everything's perfect for that day. And that morning, she wakes up early in the morning. And she, she brushes her teeth in Jesus' name. <laughs> she showers and cleanses herself. And she puts on a spotless gown. She doesn't show up with second-day makeup because that can be pretty ugly. Everything's fresh. Everything's new. Everything's pure. And she's ready for that day. Then I started thinking, if a bride doesn't prepare herself, if she doesn't wake up early, if she weren't to brush her hair, if she weren't to shower and cleanse herself the morning of, if she weren't to do these things to prep herself and be prepared, does she even really want to marry the groom? You kind of would question if she showed up like that, like, does she even care about him? Does she even want a marriage? Does she even Love him. <laughs> Yet, God's looking for a pure bride. And the body of Christ is rolling out of bed. Bad breath. Unwashed hair. 
dirty clothes, dirty garments. Not utilizing the blood of Jesus to cleanse them. Getting caught up into the world, into sin. Not applying and and taking advantage that God's mercies are new every morning and taking advantage of the fact that he wants to strengthen you and your inner man by his spirit so that you can walk in the spirit and no longer fulfill the lusts of your flesh. A bride who loves her groom is going to prepare, is going to put forth effort to be a spotless, pure, holy, and ready and fit bride. Think about it. If that's the way it is in the natural and you'd think that woman is ridiculous, she doesn't love him, she doesn't care about him, she doesn't give to anything about the wedding day. I don't have any unhealthy language, so I didn't know what to say. <laughs> she doesn't care. Why do we think that it would look any different to the Lord if we're not daily focusing our attention on him, daily preparing our hearts, our garments to be spotless, um, inviting him, to, you know, that we surrender, inviting him to cleanse our hearts and purify us? It's revelation. It's an encounter with Jesus. He says... Tell my church I'm ready to receive my bride. But the question is, is the church ready? Has she been preparing herself? I know some have, and I'm not getting down on you. But ask yourself in your heart, you know if it's you, have you been preparing or have you been just daily rolling out of bed, going about your day as if this life is a natural life? It's not. We live in this world, but we're not supposed to be of it. He said, set your affections on things above. You have a new life now in Christ Jesus. Focus on the things above, not on the things of this earth. This life's going to pass away, and what we're going to live in eternity is the kingdom of heaven. So we should be preparing for that life with Jesus as his bride, his church. And he made it possible. But we have to come to him. We have to surrender our hearts. We have to let him mold us and make us. We have to welcome him to cleanse us from unrighteousness. He will let you go ahead. He doesn't want it. He wishes above all things that none would perish and that all would come to repentance. He doesn't want you in sin and lost and dying. He prepared a way so that you could be holy as he is holy. He prepared a way for you to be righteous in his sight, for you to come boldly to his throne. But are we focusing on that? Are we taking advantage of that? God wants a pure bride. Does, if a bride doesn't care to prepare herself in the natural, but we got to think about the spiritual, if she doesn't prepare herself, take care of herself, it makes you wonder if she even wants to marry him. Does she even love him? God, think. When I don't prepare myself and let God purify my heart, and when I don't seek the Lord and, and stay, keep my mind off of the things of this world and, and keep my feet out of the things of this world, when I don't do that, it's like I'm a bride rolling out of bed with bad breath, putting on dirty garments, 
And I'm expecting to marry Christ. I'm expecting that he's going to receive a dirty bride. I know Jesus shed his blood for you, but you've got to be willing to receive it. You've got to be willing to apply it. You have to be willing to allow God to prepare your heart for him. You have to show him you love him. Amen. We have to show God we love him by allowing him to cleanse our hands and our hearts and our lives. We have to allow him to do this so he finds us holy and acceptable in his sight. We must apply the blood of Jesus. Invite the Holy Spirit into every part of our lives. If there's something that you're uncomfortable with, then you need to get rid of it. If Jesus were to show up at your door and you're in the middle of watching this certain show or playing, dancing to this certain kind of music or uh, whatever it is, doing or thinking anything that would be displeasing to the Lord, we shouldn't be doing it. Why? Because we're a bride preparing for her groom. And he's telling you that he's ready to receive you. He's ready to receive you. But are you ready to be received? Matthew 24, let's read 36 through 44. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time that Noah entered his boat. People did not even realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man returns. Don't think that you're going to know. You just need to be ready no matter what. They didn't know, and he said it's going to be the same as then. Two men will be working together in a field. One will be taken out and the other left. Women will be um, grinding flour <laughs> in the mill, and one will be taken and the other left. Or ladies, you'll be preparing the house, preparing dinner, in other words, and all of a sudden one will be set left there preparing that dinner, and the other will be left, gone, taken into heaven. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Hallelujah. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, wouldn't he keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into? Yeah. So you must also be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come as unexpected. Some version says like a thief in the night. He's coming and he's given us a little heads up. Tell my church I'm ready to receive my bride. But we need to be prepared every single day of our lives. It's not, remember, it's not a worse mentality. It's simply loving Jesus, sitting at his feet, surrendering your hearts and letting him cleanse you, letting him purify you, letting him prepare you transform you to be a pure and holy bride, one that's acceptable in his sight. On one hand, I was absolutely honored 
Jesus presenting me. And the Lord unfolded, you know, this is the church, you know. There's some that are ready, but the Lord's telling me to tell the church he's ready, but are we ready? You're ready if you've been doing these things. You're ready if you're allowing him to purify your heart. You're ready if you're giving the Holy Spirit permission to purge you of anything that's contrary to you. And you're ready if he's telling you to do certain things and you're being obedient and you're doing them. But you're not ready if your focus is on this world. You're not ready if you're rolling out of bed and your eyes are not on Jesus. I'm not saying you don't have a family and I'm not saying you don't have a job, but your mind can be set on Jesus all through the day. Paul said he prayed without ceasing. He had jobs to do. He had things to take care of, but he continued to pray without ceasing. He continued. The Bible says, let praise continually be in your mouth. You can praise the Lord every day, all day. You're just consciously aware that he's there, so it's like it comes out automatically. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. That's a bride that's ready. But one who's not ready is not aware that he's there. One who's not ready is, is focused on the things of this earth and is distracted and, and, and detoured every chance that the enemy gets. He throws a target and they fall for it. And they're not picking themselves back up to press on towards the Lord. That's why the Lord's like, be persistent in your pursuit of me. Pursue me no matter what comes your way. Be ready. We are to be a bride not caught rolling out of bed in sin, in worldliness, in lusts, in distractions. Our focus should be on our groom. If you're married, you probably understand this. Otherwise, I'll explain my son. I don't know if he's in here. <laughs> um, when somebody's dating or engaged or preparing to be married, you only have eyes for them, right? You're focused on that person. Your attention is on that person. All you care is what they feel. You want to know more about them. That's what a real bride does. Her attention and affections are on that groom. That's a bride who's preparing herself and is ready to be received. But church, you're a bride. Is your focus set on Jesus? Is your attention on Jesus? Are you focused on what's pleasing to him in his sight? Because that's what a pure bride does. She allows him to search his, her heart, his or her heart. She allows him to cleanse her from all unrighteousness. She confesses her sin if she's sinned or fallen away so that he can cleanse her from all unrighteousness. When I say her, I'm talking about the whole church. Because we're all a bride. Amen? Let's turn to Matthew 25. Verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like the ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. Five were foolish and didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. 
but the other five were wise enough to take along even extra olive oil, so that when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were um, awakened by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come on out and meet him. The Lord loves us so much, he's given us a heads up. Tell my church I'm ready to receive my bride. This is that shout right now. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Get up and get ready. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish brides asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. People who are not spending time in the presence of God, letting him fill them up, letting God cleanse them, letting God purify them are not ready. You're the bride with the oil lamp that's running out of oil. You will not be prepared for the Lord's return. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go and shop and buy some for yourselves. But when they were gone, what happened? They became too busy with this life. Their focus was not on, even though they might have loved him, their focus was not on him as if they were going to be married. Their attention was on the distractions of this world. When it came time for the bridegroom to come, they weren't prepared. While they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So, he says, you too must watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of his return. We don't know. God wants a pure bride, one who's been readying herself. Not one who's so distracted. He's compelling us to get ready, to be prepared for you to be received as his bride. Amen? God's so clear that his return is very soon. And he's coming for a pure bride that's not all disheveled, hair unbrushed, teeth unwashed, Garments spotted and stained. What groom would want that? He might love you anyways, because he loves everybody. But a bride who cares and loves her groom does her absolute best to look perfect for that day, even in the natural, which is a reflection of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Daily, are you not in a striving sense like, but striving in the sense that you're pursuing God. And if you mess up, you have an advocate with Jesus and you ask him to cleanse you. You're pursuing God and you feel the tug on your heart to spend time with him. You're pursuing God and you're saying, Lord, I surrender. I recognize that I haven't let you into my family. I haven't let you into my job. I haven't let you into my attitudes of my heart. I welcome you in. Purge me of anything that's displeasing to you. 
Ready my heart, Lord, so that I can be presented as a holy and pure bride. Amen. James 4, 8, I, I quote it quite a bit, and I know it. But we need to read the whole passage here. We all might say, we want God. That's the reason we're here. That's the reason we're here to spend time with the Lord and, and focus on him and worship him. So I'm not saying any one of you is this bride who doesn't have the oil lamp, okay? But if you are, prepare your hearts because the king is coming to receive his bride. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This is an automatic response. You're going to get closer to God the more time you spend with him. But there's something that must be done in order for you to draw close to him. The rest of the passage says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. You have to let God cleanse you. You have to confess your sins so that he can come in. You're giving him permission. He's not going to just do it automatically. He did it. But you have to give him permission to come in and purify your heart. That's why I saw him molding a heart today. Just molding a heart. He's softening hearts. He's removing the heart of stone and he's creating in you a heart of flesh, a heart that hungers for him, a heart that pursues him, a heart that wants to be ready for him and not be distracted by the things of this world. Can I tell a little story? Just as a funny thing. I'm going to put my husband on the spot. Um, there's some things in this world that just don't matter. And I'm not saying this because I'm not a sports fanatic. I know a lot of you guys are, maybe girls. But we know the Bucks are doing really good, okay? So yay. But last night, I mean, it was down to the last three seconds, and I'm downstairs preparing my message. And I hear, oh! The signal went out three seconds to the end of the game. And I just chuckled to myself. And I came upstairs to tuck Jude in bed because he was watching with him. And I said, does it really matter? <laughs> he, he, he agreed, no, it doesn't matter. In the large scope of things, the things of this earth are going to pass away and it really doesn't matter. All that's going to last is what we do for the Lord. That is all that's going to last is your pursuit and your heart towards him. And the bridegroom is coming. Is your oil lamp filled? Have you been prepping yourself as the bride to be received? Are you going to hear, she is ready, he is ready? I want to be ready. Let's get ready. Amen? Draw close to God, he will draw close to you. But make sure you cleanse your heart and your hands. Purify your hearts so that he can cleanse you and make you right and holy in his sight. God's getting ready to receive his bride. He does not want, he's a jealous God. He does not want our divided attention. Because what happens is 
the bride's the the bride with her oil lamps. Some of them were ready, some of them weren't. He doesn't want us to have our divided attention. If you want to be ready, if you want to be used by God, because right before he returns, there's going to be a last great day revival. If you want to be used by God, and there's a reason you're planted in this time and season, he made sure of it. It's because he wants to use you. Because you have a light. You have giftings. You have callings that can reach certain people, certain generations, certain sectors that some of us cannot reach. And he needs you to shine your light. He needs you to be ready. Amen. Second Timothy 2.21 says, Therefore, this is his commission. <laughs> Therefore, if any of you shall have cleansed yourself from these things, you will be a vessel of honor, having been sanctified and useful for the master, having been prepared for every Good work. Do you see how important it is to be pure and holy and be prepared to be a bride and not just be lazy about our Christianity and sit by and watch others worship the Lord while, while we're getting into God's presence? And I'm not ridiculing you. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But your heart posture before the Lord should be single-hearted, heart towards him, focused on him. Don't worry about what happened outside these doors. Focus your attention on him. Church is the assembling of ourselves so that we can get realigned and we can continue throughout the rest of the week. And really, that's kind of what glory culture has been. It just helps us to get realigned and get centered with the Lord, focus back on him. Get refilled our oil lamps, getting refilled so that we can shine brightly and be prepared. Amen. Listen, if you want to draw close to God, he says, cleanse your hands, cleanse your heart. If you want to be used by God, it's the same thing. Be cleansed so the master can use you for his good work. Jesus is returning, and he's ready to receive his bride. The question is, are you ready? One more passage, and then I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Nick, and we're going to take communion because the Lord told us to be ready. We're going to allow him to cleanse us. Amen? And purify our hearts today so we're ready. So Daniel, you can get that music ready and press play. In Acts 3, 19, it says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins will be wiped away. Then times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will send you Jesus your appointed Messiah. Another version says, your groom. He will send you Jesus once you have prepared yourself. How do you do it? You repent. You invite him to cleanse you. And that's what we're going to do right now. That's what we do by taking communion is we symbolize accepting and receiving what Jesus did for us on the cross. Church, let's ready ourselves Let's be prepared to be used by the master. Let's be prepared for his return because we don't know. One will be folding clothes. <laughs> One will be working in the field. One will be working in the coffee shop or teaching. Life will be going on as usual. 
But where's your heart? Where's your attention? Let's prepare ourselves.